You are listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 37. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there is a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning back in to another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time coming across the podcast and you've no idea what it's all about, maybe you've seen a link on social media, maybe one of your friends sent you a link and said, you know what, you've got to check this podcast out. Let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense, real, right-to-the-point podcast banter on business, career, and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business. Maybe you've wanted to get started on a particular career path. Or maybe there's something going on that we feel can help you, our listeners. This podcast provides you with real, practical advice and tips that you can apply to help you succeed on your business and life journey covering a range of topics, we will have something which will help you along on your journey. As always, we're always looking for suggestions and ideas on ways that we can improve the show. If there's somebody you would like me to go and have a chat with, interview for the podcast, please do reach out, please do get in touch. You can drop me an email into the show at studio at zerolivesleftpodcast.com or you can send me a tweet to at zero lives left. Don't forget the Zero Lives Left podcast website is up and running. Lots of great information available over on the website. We have details of guests who've appeared on the show, transcripts of previous episodes, and also details of my first podcasting course that I'm going to be launching over the next couple of weeks. So if you're somebody who's listening into this podcast and you'd like to get your own podcast up and running, I have created a short podcasting course covering seven simple steps that you can take in order to get that podcast up and running. So stop by the website, check that out, as well as all the other great information we've available over on Zero Lives Left Podcast. Don't forget, if you've already stopped by iTunes and rated and reviewed the podcast, I want to say a big thank you to you for doing that. Reviews are really appreciated and they do help other people find out about the show. So if you've not yet stopped by iTunes, please do rate and review the podcast. I would really, really appreciate that. If you're listening over on Stitcher Radio or indeed whatever other platform you are listening to this podcast on, please do leave a quick review and let us know what you think of the show. We've got another great episode lined up for you today. I'm chatting to Dave Whelan, CEO and founder of Byphone.co.uk. Dave chats about his business and entrepreneurial journey, as well as why communication is so important in business. We talk about the changing landscape of the telecoms industry, why security is so important, and Dave shares his top three tips for startups, businesses, and entrepreneurs. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 37 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. 
Dave, thanks for taking time out to join me on episode 37 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. We're in your offices here in Belfast. I'm really, really excited to be talking to you today about the technology and the product that you guys provide for businesses. But before we get to all of that, can you give our listeners uh, a little bit of an overview of your business and entrepreneurial journey to date? Sure. Well, I started out in uh, European business. Uh, I was working in, uh, with Cadbury Schweppes uh, in soft drinks. And then, like a salmon, I returned home to spawn. And when I came home, uh, I obviously had to figure out what I was going to do. So I started off uh, a range of businesses. I've actually started 14 different businesses uh, that worked. And um, in 2008 or nine, as the recession hit, I realized I had to get serious about a business. And uh, the whole world of telecoms, uh, communication uh, fascinated me, it impacts all our lives, it's changing how we do things on a day-to-day basis. So I've been working, uh, I started the company in 2000 and uh, worked pretty exclusively on it since about 2006, 2007. So a pretty varied business business and entrepreneurial a lot, journey. A lot, of, a lot of background noise before I got here. Yeah, now we've talked a little bit of this about this off-air before in relation to the whole aspect of internet security and you know that's a lot of the work that I do in relation to awareness yeah. about online safety and those types of things and you sort of touched on the telecoms sector there and your, and your company yeah. at that point. What has internet security got to do with telecoms? Well, it's very easy to make money uh, if you ha- hack into somebody's phone system. So uh, I'd, I'd even go wider than just internet security, and I'd go phone system for businesses. It's about your phone systems. Ofcom reckon about one billion a year is stolen from uh, UK businesses uh, through hacking, and surprisingly enough, uh, that's not uh, the current generation of voice over IP systems. That's much more to do with the older systems. So an awful lot of old telephone systems were made at a time when security was less of a priority. Firmware is pretty old. Most people haven't, you know, if you've got a phone that was 2002 or three, um, it's it possibly pretty easy to hack. And so when you hack it, then how do you make money? Or what does hacking a phone system mean? Uh, and it can, they can make money in two ways. One is they can route. Once you get into somebody's phone system, well, now I've got a live telephone line. Uh, so now I can make telephone calls anywhere and sell them on, so I can just be a call router. Uh, or the worst one of all is I could have a premium rate number. And so if you charge a, penny a, min- a pound a minute to ring a, a premium rate number, you could ring the premium rate number, and suddenly you've made 10 or 20 or 50 pounds. And that adds up to tens of thousands. And so what we found in here is in the older systems, I'd say maybe one in a thousand or that sort of number were getting hacked. So at one level, you can say eh, one in a thousand, you know, that's uh, 999 that don't get hacked. Uh, but if you get hacked, it's a big amount of money. It can be tens of thousands and you're responsible So because it's your phone system. And so it's, it's a significant issue. I think modern uh, phone systems and host of phone systems have grown up in an environment which is full of threat and therefore they've got an awful lot more security about them compared to the older systems. So perversely, I would say from our perspective, it's the older systems that are probably uh, uh, more at risk than the uh, newer ones. Now, people listening into the podcast might think that this is something maybe that affects large, massive corporations, but it affects every business. Yeah. If you've... uh, if you have any kind of phone system at all, so if you have two, three users on a phone system, well, now you've got a phone number that I can get at. 
Uh, we can talk a little bit later about how I get at it, but basically I can get at the phone, and that gives me two or three lines. So now two or three lines, I could call them all weekend. Uh, it used to be in the old days, not quite as much now, it used to be in the old days that as soon as businesses went off for Christmas, suddenly there was a whole bunch of traffic going on, hijacking people's lines really over Christmas, and um, ringing premium rate numbers and whatever. So yeah, any business at all. It could even happen a single home phone, but less likely that. More, the easiest ways in are uh, when you've got uh, remote access, voicemail, if you can ring in, access your business services, well, that's where uh, then other people can ring in and access your business services. And this is what the cyber criminals would be at. This yeah. is what the hackers would be at. So in, in terms of some of the threats, we've mentioned hacking already. What other threats? Premium rate numbers? Yeah, so, so basically what they've got to do is take over the telephone line. So if they can ring you or ring your, your phone line uh, and uh, maybe enter in your voicemail code, uh, which is very often set at 0000 or the default one or whatever... Uh, well, now I can automatically ring a bunch of phones. I can automatically put in obvious uh, uh, passcodes. Now I've got your phone. Once I got your phone, now I've got a line. Once I got a line, I can do whatever. I could ring a premium rate number. I could do uh, uh, whatever. So it's not that complex then for the, not for that, the criminals? Not that complex. And the older systems are much more that sort of tortoise kind of uh, security system that there is a shell on the outside, but once you hack the system, there's nothing stopping you. So, um, whereas more modern systems have got much more sort of that uh, layers of security, the onion of security series of them, but in an old system with old firmware, there's not, they're not really looking out for hackers, so uh, that's where a lot of hacking goes on. And this is something that people wouldn't necessarily think of, because they, when they think of cybercrime and they think of hacking, they think of their computer, and that's what they try to protect off. Right. They, they, they make sure the antivirus is up to date, or they make sure they've got the latest operating system up to yeah. date. And they don't necessarily think about the telephone system. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of maybe you know, goes... So for businesses, the telephone system, and I, I'd say that businesses that work in a hosted environment, so that are in the cloud, are working quite hard at security because they are in an environment which gets an awful lot of threats. We uh, have a threat monitoring uh, a series of devices that we've got around the world. We've 10 dummy phone systems around the world. And we would sometimes see 2,000 uh, hack attempts a, a minute. Wow. So we've grown up in a hostile environment, so we are more used to uh, uh, and have some precautions against all of that uh, hostility, whereas an old system doesn't. So education's a big thing with all of this type of stuff, you know, making sure that we get that information out to the customers so that they know what they need to be thinking about when it comes to this type of stuff. How do we tackle this issue? So, well, again, uh, it depends where you are. You know, the, the old thing of uh, I wouldn't start from here. So how do you tackle it? If you have a very old system, I'd make sure that there's not that much remote access. So I would lock down passwords. I'd, I'd be reluctant to let people... Uh, dial in from uh, outside the office to pick up their voicemail. I'd, I'd try and keep the system as closed down as possible. If you are then uh, using uh, online providers, I would be very interested in what their security precautions are. What, what, how do they do it? Um, I know that there are various layers in the onion. We have about 50 layers of security, but beyond that, what I really like is that we have credit limits. So once somebody goes over a certain sum of money, that's it. And they run out of credit. And I, uh, it's a sort of a very reassuring fail-safe for us uh, is that uh, once you've spent your money, you've spent your money. Uh, so if you've a £100 credit limit on your account, £100 is gone, it's gone. If you've no credit limit, it could be 10000 could be 100000 could be whatever uh, number uh, you're unfortunate enough to get done for. Yeah, I, I think it's reviewing 
how your system, who is accessing your system and where they can access from outside. And if it's a hosted system, which is by definition on the outside, it's what are the security policies that are in place. And this is important information that businesses really, really need to be thinking about because it's all to do with reputation as well. If you were to have something like this take place, it could damage your reputation. Of course, of course. And, and also uh, one hell of a shock if you come in and suddenly discover that uh, you've had 30 telephone lines on the go to uh, some very distant country at very high rates of uh, call. So, uh, yeah, that's why... I'd, and it's funny, as we look at people... I, it's not a question we hear businesses asking a lot, is what are your security policies? And the other strange thing is, is they seem to think that the old-fashioned systems are safer. <laughs> uh, in my experience, when you've got uh, software that's designed in a hostile environment, it's probably more used to hostility. It's probably able to survive the uh, systems, uh, the, the continuous hacking. And the cyber criminals are getting more clever. They're getting more sophisticated in, in their methods and, and, and the techniques that they're using. Yeah, well, they, they're able to work distributed attacks. They call them DDoS attacks. Um, and, and what they do is they have a whole series of uh, bots, uh, automatic programs that hit telephone numbers and they hit any ver- variety and wait until they get a strike. So they can afford to go 100,000 uh, calls to telephone numbers and they're all dummy and it doesn't matter it doesn't cost them anything so they can keep on going and when uh, some people's computers get infected with viruses or whatever very often they become a host uh, themselves to these distributed attacks they become part of the threat mechanism so uh, these uh, systems are able to go out spread their they're like miners but they're able to mine thousands millions of numbers and thus it continues. And thus it continues. And then when they get a live feed, they then are able to store that number away. They say, this is a live number. And, I've, and then they would set that up then for a second call with password attacks. And so then that's called brute force, where you just keep on coming in with lots of different passwords and trying. And that's why you very often see software companies saying, weak password, I want... Because what they're trying to do is remove the first and the most obvious two million uh, attempts. The hosted environment and the systems that are, they, they might have a, a three strikes and you're out policy, which makes it very hard to do a brute force attack because then you have to keep on coming back, re-establishing the connection, trying another three, getting thrown off, trying another three. So it just slows it down, doesn't make it impossible, just slows it down. And they probably move on to somewhere else. And they probably move on, yeah. Our, with, with what we've got around the world, what we would see is that pretty much um, they're mainly after low-hanging fruit. And there's a lot of low-hanging fruit, so why would they bother with anything else? True, true. Um, sound, sound files are small. Um, why is that a good line difficult to secure? I think what that question means is why sometimes is voice over IP not work so well? Because we've heard those quality, things in the past. Is there quality issues or what's going on? Um, or, uh, you know prefer the traditional old, old school lines. The, the issue is much more, uh, voice over IP works uh, uh, magnificently well and most of the telephone network is now voice over IP. So the whole backhaul of the international telephone network and the whole backhaul of BT is now voice over IP. So really what you're talking about is the last mile of connection and how and what quality is the last mile of connection. And what you're looking at there is not so much how big or how big the download or how much the upload is. You're really looking at the stability of it. How consistent is it? And uh, we measure that, uh, one of the, the latency on the line. Jitter is a very big measure that we use. 
And so what you're really looking for is a fairly stable uh, connection. And voice over IP has started really, or hosted telephone systems, unified communication sometimes called, is really taking, uh, uh, getting growth now as the last mile internet connectivity improves dramatically. So tell us about how the software works specifically. So in business phone systems, uh, you somewhere uh, in a traditional sense, you would have a, uh, a box in some corner of some dusty room that nobody, sometimes you find people don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the building. And this box is just left in its own and it, it, it stays there. With the next generation of telephone calls, that box effectively is moved into the cloud. And into the cloud really is a, a data center, or in our case, several data centers. And so you, uh, when a phone is plugged into our system, it, it goes from the router to one of our data centers. And then it requests the services that it might have used from the box that was in, uh, in the, whatever the broom cupboard was, plus a whole bunch of new services. The advantages, or some of the advantages, of moving the box from the broom cupboard, so to speak, or the comms room, or whatever the small room is, into the internet are several uh, fold. One is a much more stable operating environment, uh, much less likely to failure and whatever, because it's a big, powerful, modern computer rather than a, an old box in a dusty room. It also has lots of cost advantages. You've only got a couple of telephone lines or a single telephone line rather than all of your normal telephone lines. Call costs are cheaper. But I would say the big thing is, is that the uh, uh, maintenance and upgrades, uh, security patches, that's being applied all the time. Whereas if you think about your old telephone system, it hasn't had a security patch in God knows, yeah. ever, question mark. Uh, and so therefore they... Uh, they're more and more vulnerable all the time, whereas when they're in the, in the cloud, it gets the latest updates weekly in our case. And more and more people are moving to the cloud. You know, more and more oh, of our daily lives are, you know, centered around things in the cloud. Yeah. So businesses and organizations and even individuals are becoming more, you know, used to using the cloud on a daily basis. Yes. And, and, and then what type of cloud? Because you get into uh, private clouds and you get into some very large organizations, say, yeah, we really like all the benefits of the cloud, but let's keep it private. Um, and then other organizations are saying, no, people like Google and Amazon have got really uh, good clouds anyway. Um, I'm happy with their levels of security, therefore, um, and they, they trust those. So, so some of that is a personal choice, really, but it's much, uh, we found it much more cost efficient. If you look at all the studies, uh, the computers are up for a lot longer. Uh, very frequently, it's much more reliable. And, and really, what you've got to work on is your last mile of connection. And is that reliable enough? And if that's reliable enough, the rest of the system tends to be pretty good. And just so I'm clear, what is the last mile of connection? What does that mean in layman's terms? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you hear the term a lot. Yeah, don't you? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, a lot of people. So uh, uh, we're sitting here in a lovely sunny day. And as you came in in your shorts, you would have passed a little green box outside on the road. And that is the, the cabinet that would then be take the calls back to the local exchange. So for some people, the last mile is the journey to the local exchange. And for some people, the last mile is to the little cabinet, which is the uh, telephone uh, tier one network provider's cabinet. And they will run the traffic from there. So it's, it's really just that until you get in thinking about it as a river, until you get into a bigger uh, go from a tributary into the mainstream of the river. 
and the mainstream of the river tends to start at the local exchange. So for me, the last mile is the local exchange. Explained very, very well. Should we go back to the old-fashioned way of thinking, or is voice over IP ready? 2018, we're ready. Well, BT, who run the company called OpenReach that run the telephone network for the UK, made that decision about uh, six or seven years ago when they launched uh, what they call the 21st century network. So that's the backhaul of the whole phone system, the whole mobile network, and most of the internet is all IP-driven. So your telephone call now is normally goes through a good degree of IP. So really your question is, is should you move the last mile or at the edge to uh, voice over IP because the rest of the decision has been made for you already. So I think that depends on the quality of your connection. I think what type of broadband you can get. If you've still got an ADSL connection, I think you should run some tests. I think you should check it out. If you've got reasonable quality fiber, then um, our experience is, is that that works very well. I think the only big watch out is when you use shared connections. And a shared connection is when you run voice and data at the same time. Data can swamp uh, voice. And that's um, so if you download a large file from uh, uh, whether you're using you know, one of the file sharing services or whether you're doing something as simple as downloading a YouTube video, that comes in as quickly as your internet connection will allow. And if you don't have a lot of bandwidth or if your processes and routers are not up to it, you can flood the voice. So, so there are engineering watchouts, but as long as you're working with a company that understands the engineering watchouts, I would say you'll get a great service. Let's talk about benefits. A lot of businesses listening to this podcast, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of solopreneurs. What is the benefits of voice over IP from a business? You know, what's the sort of things that businesses are going to directly benefit from? Some of the if stuff you, you've mentioned. If, if, you, if you ask people, you'll get lots of different answers. Okay. Uh, so it depends on... Uh, most people will mention cost. And the obvious one about cost is that you now only have a single phone line. You don't have loads of phone lines. So if you're a business and you've eight or ten phone lines, now you've got one. So that's a substantial straight-up cost saving. Also, the cost of calls uh, tend to be cheaper, particularly on long distance. So that's another. So cost is one straightforward, straight-up benefit. However, I think that really misses the point because I think cost in communications now is a relatively small bit of a business's costs. So if, if I'm spending... 20 pounds an employee and each employee is you know on average let's say there's with all the overhead and whatever two or three thousand pounds of cost 20 quid saving yeah you know so i don't i don't know i think cost used to be a big driver i don't see it as big a driver now i think what it can do is uh, voice over ip systems can really improve your communications with your customers because it gives you all sorts of new capabilities and if you think about it as a a service that can help you communicate with people then i think that's where the win is and so so, some of the wins are uh, how long did it take uh, quick access to reporting how long was somebody hanging on on the phone before they spoke to somebody that they needed to spend that's a real turnoff for some people that are engaging with the business can you fix it? Did you miss any calls? For larger businesses, have I got the right number of staff on? For smaller businesses, is it easy enough to find me? How many devices am I on? I, I mean, I'm sure we're all fed up. I'm going to try and ring Wayne. Do I ring him on his landline, his mobile? I'll ring him on his mobile, but then his mobile's off. I'll ring him on his landline. Maybe he's at home. I'll ring him at home. I mean, what a kerfuffle. So you can start mapping that now. You can start making it easier. Which, how, 
how does Wayne want uh, people to get in touch with him? For me, voicemail, uh, I've got two or three different voicemails. If I start listening to them in the car, my problem is, is that by the time I get to the end of the journey, I've forgotten what the voicemail was. So people feel they've left stuff with me and I've gone... So I really like voicemails that come to my desk as emails because then I'm able to deal with them at a time. They're normally a series of jobs, tasks, bits. So I quite like uh, getting my uh, voicemails as emails, uh, sound files, so as I can just do them all together, get through my jobs. Uh, for some people, recorded calls. So there's lots of different ways you can make your business more efficient. But really, I think all of the intelligence of that communication is allowing businesses up their game with their customers. And for many, many businesses, I, um, I, I saw a study by Ofcom that said it's still the most important tool that businesses use to discuss with their uh, customers, the telephone. And therefore, getting data, improving the way that works makes sense to me. So I'd argue that that's a bigger reason than, you know, uh, saving some money, but you can do both. And of course, as businesses expand, operate in other parts of the world, other countries, other territories, the oh, voice over yeah. IP then is a huge opportunity oh, yeah, in that space. Just, you don't you don't notice. I mean, it's uh, just speaking to somebody in Australia and you wouldn't, you know, they could be next door. Yes. Yeah, so, th- so that's certainly, uh, but the, I think the quality, because all of the backhaul that I mentioned earlier is already voice over IP, we're getting a lot of those benefits anyway. Sound quality has gone up an awful lot. But yeah, I, I would say if I talked to any business, I could find five ways of improving their business uh, and improving the communication they have with the outside world just by having a chat. And it's possible to take the technology with you when you go to different oh. countries. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no... I mean, think of it, a, a telephone number used to be associated with a building. So that number was with that building. And if you moved across town, you were told, sorry, you're going to a different exchange. You can't take that number with you. Whereas now a number is just a way of getting in touch with either a business or an individual. And it could be on one of 10 devices, five devices, could be anything. So you've got to stop thinking of a telephone number as part of a building and more now as an address, a voice address, that people can get in touch with the business. Because that's the way many people would understand it. You know, they assume it back to, it's assigned to a house or a business address or that type of uh, stuff. Absolutely. Well, it's not the case anymore. Absolutely, yeah. And then the other bit of that is some people would say, well, hang on, I, people can get me on my mobile because it's in my pocket and it goes wherever I can with me. And that's fine at one level, but at another level, and uh, uh, if somebody's calling a business, they need to be able to speak to a variety of people. They can't just hit a mobile. And the other issue with the mobile is people tend to keep their mobiles as they go from uh, number business to business. Or so what we would we would say sometimes you could just see the system as a number uh, management system rather than a telephone system. It could you know you don't need any. You could just use your own personal mobile, your own personal home phone. They're just devices. Your own personal computer. Um, it's how you manage the number uh, and, and where the calls flow. That's. That's really the service that I think the next generation of telephone systems are, are offering. Now, we've had some conversations previously and looking into the, the company and the organization and the types of things that you guys do. You're, you guys are very much at the cutting edge of all of this. What other things can we expect in the future? What about virtual reality? What about these types of things? Are we moving to that sort of space yet? Are we there? Yeah, we've, we've a virtual reality uh, phone system upstairs. And uh, if you can imagine... 
Uh, we designed it like the old switchboard. I don't know if you remember 30 years ago where people used to yeah. pull a wire out and put it into another socket <laughs> and connect calls. Uh, so you can have a bit of fun with virtual reality doing that and actually... As Connecting you, your calls. Uh, and you connect your calls. We've wondered about whether switchboards, whether it would work. I think in certain circumstances it might work. I can't imagine a receptionist wearing a VR headset all day. Um, I think that would be uh, uh, uncomfortable. But I could imagine uh, some people uh, using them to get a, a whole pile of data at the same time, so getting uh, lots of different call records uh, together. Uh, so, so virtual reality, I think, is, uh, is more, in telephone calls, I think it's more fun. I think it's, we've had voice calls where we're looking at uh, our, uh, the other side with virtual reality, walking around them. So there's a bit of fun to be had with it. Do I think it's going to be a major form of communication? Don't know. I think for me that biggest bugbear or the biggest the next area is synthesizing everything so that if you think uh, in in terms of our mobile and our business there's probably you know you probably have uh, five to ten different ways of getting in touch and whatsapp and then messages and email too many and, and therefore how do you track them all yeah so i think there's going to be a lot of work done in the next while and how you uh, uh, synthesize that together how do you how do you bring all your devices so that you can get one central way of communicating one central so sort of, if I mention number management already and, and managing your mobile and your home numbers and managing all your numbers, well, the next thing is well, managing your texts and your WhatsApps and your Instagrams and your, uh, your various feeds. So I, I would think there's a lot of requirement for people to synthesize. I think so, because there's a lot of stuff that you have to check. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned a whole ream of them there, and it's almost becoming very, very overwhelming. So if you can bring that all under one umbrella. Under one, under one roof and have one sort of sense of presence server. And I think uh, some of the systems now, we're certainly gone down that road where you start integrating different things together. And that, that uh, makes life easier for people. And, and our goal now is much more, can you make a business uh, improve its communication? And so the thing I said to you earlier is I think in most businesses I go to, you, I could suggest five ways they can improve their communication. I think that's the challenge. Longer term, as, as we make those improvements, I think it'll be about synthesizing all the different bits. And if we think of the old-fashioned telephone, I mean, my kids don't remember a phone in the house. We've never had a phone that plugs into the wall in the house. Yeah. We've got mobiles. Yeah. So they don't remember a time, and I remember a time when I was growing up where a phone call would come in downstairs and I would be That's trying right. to plan what I'm doing at the weekend. That's right. And my mum then would go out into the kitchen and pick up the other yeah. phone and she'd yeah. be listening to the conversation that yeah. I was having in yeah. the hall. Or for me, the, uh, <laughs> the fight at home was always... Uh, would you get off the phone? I need to make a call. And somebody, one of my brothers, would be onto a girlfriend, and the house was out of communication for an hour. Yeah, I think what's different about a business is it's a collection of people. Yeah. And, and so businesses are shared. And, and when I look at our business, it's about how well we share. And, and the more you, you have an individual mobile or an individual silo, how is that business cooperating together? So, uh, I'm very bullish about uh, using communication systems to bring people together, to uh, make it easier to share. And so, I, yeah, uh, whereas I think at home there are, there are arguments about uh, a landline will give you a better voice quality. If you're doing a lot of long calls, you won't find it as tiring. But for most people, the phone now is a quick way of messaging. 
home is different from a business. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, just before we finish up, because um, I know you're incredibly busy, you have been a very, very successful entrepreneur yourself. And a lot of the people who listen into this podcast are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small businesses starting up, and indeed a lot of companies are listening in. What would be your three tips for people listening into the show today from an entrepreneurial point of view? What do you need to think about in 2018? You already mentioned the importance of communication. I think that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And particular... If I push the communication one, which I'm not, would be, it's about when we start off our business, whenever we start our first business, we normally have a customer or a group of customers in mind. So yeah, I think I could, you know, I started a thing at coffee shops and I sort of, there were no coffee shops in Belfast when I started those. And I sort of, I think that people will like this concept. And so you've got to stay really close to whoever your customers are. So I would say that's, And communication is obviously a big part of that. I think I would encourage people to just do it. I think very long, very often people are, oh, should I start, shouldn't I, and business plans and whatever. At some point, it's a question of just doing it. And then the only other absolute maxim I have is it takes two or three times longer than you think it's going to take if it works, uh, and it's often harder. So that whatever plan you start out with, and any plan I've started out with, it's always been twice as long, twice as hard. And so then trying to enjoy the journey can be difficult because it's always harder than you thought. And so I suppose it's only as I've got older, I'm, I'm trying desperately to enjoy the journey rather than going, oh my God, is this going to work? How's it going? What, what, what? So um, trying to be, just remember, it takes longer, it is harder, but if you're in touch with your customers, you'll get there. I think those are great tips. Now, before we finish up, how can people find out a little bit more about Biophone? Where can they find out Uh, the information? Biophone.co.uk. Go to the Vimeo channel. There's loads of Biophone videos there. Come onto the web pages, have a look around, get a free trial. Loads of ways. Brilliant. Brilliant. Dave, thanks for taking time out to join me on episode 37 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks, Wayne. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast with Dave Whelan, CEO of Biphone.co.uk. Lots of great takeaways in this episode that makes people think about the benefits of using voice over IP technology in your business. The importance of security in a phone system, which some people, a lot of people, in fact, me included, don't really give much thought about if somebody was to hack into your phone system what that would potentially mean for your business or your brand. The types of things that you can do as a business to protect your business from something like that happening. The benefits of voice over IP technology, not only to businesses, but to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and also the portability of the technology. The fact that you could be working from some other location around the world and you can still be reachable and you can still take the technology with you. As long as you've got that connection, you can make and receive your calls. I liked Dave's thought on virtual reality and how virtual reality is adding a different dimension of fun to telecoms. We talked about the importance of communication in business and why it's so important to be contactable and also be to be reachable so that if somebody is phoning your business, they can actually get in touch with you. Um, they're not having to wait a long time, being routed through all different departments. They can actually reach the person that they need to reach and get in touch with them in relation to a matter that might concern their business. Dave finished off today by sharing his 
top three tips for businesses and entrepreneurs. Stay close to your customers, just do it. And it takes two to three times longer and it's often harder than you think it's going to be. Those three things I completely agree with Dave. I loved that he mentioned that it's so important to be in touch with your customer. So I want to thank Dave Whelan, uh, CEO of Byphone.co.uk for giving up his time to spend a little bit of time with me today on the podcast and talk about his business and entrepreneurial journey, as well as the technology that his company provide for businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs when it comes to improving communication within their business. Don't forget, if you've not yet stopped by iTunes, please do rate and review the podcast. Let us know what you think of this episode. If there's something you would like me to cover on an upcoming episode of the show, I would love to hear from you. Please drop me an email into studio at zero lives left podcast.com or indeed send me a tweet over at zero lives left over on Twitter. I'm looking forward to chatting to you next time on episode 38 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from waynedenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.